When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in here on a Wednesday, January 25th. Right now, as you see in the title, we're getting into our first seven-round Jaguars mock draft for 2023. It is the offseason. It's officially draft season. Um, it's going to be a fun, fascinating offseason for the Jaguars. They're not going to be as big of spenders as they have been in the past. Clearly, they're up against the cap. They're, in fact, over the cap right now by quite a wide margin, but there's certainly some things they can do roster-wise to get back under the cap and and get that back in a more manageable situation. As Trent Balky shared yesterday, it's more about cash than cap when it comes to the offseason, and the Jaguars are always flushed with cash, thanks to Shad Khan and his willingness to write big checks. So that's going to help the Jaguars out in this regard greatly, no doubt about it. Um, so when you look at the draft, you look at doing a seven-round Jaguars mock draft. For one, this is going to be one of many mock drafts for the Jaguars that we put out here uh, on Gen Jag this year. So it's not like the definitive, this is what the Jaguars should do. This is what the Jaguars need to do. This is a look at what the Jaguars could do. Things that I believe make sense based on team needs, based on Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson draft history, uh, based on different things like that. Uh, the different factors that will go into and, and help determine what the Jaguars are going to do throughout the rest of this offseason. Part of that is going to be free agency and, and what they do with their in-house free agents, what they do with some of their bigger contracts that they, that aren't really tenable anymore. So for me, when you look at a mock draft, a seven round mock draft, we've got to set the stage a little bit prior to the mock draft to really understand what this football team is looking like after the mock draft. So I'll provide a little bit of context there in terms of what I have the Jaguars doing in this scenario. Uh, prior to the mock draft with some of their in-house free agents, some of the uh, unrestricted free agents around the league, some of the guys maybe they need to trim the fat because the contracts are a little bit too uh, too hefty. We'll look at all that here on our first seven-round mock draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2023. I'm going to run this over at NFL Mock Draft Simulator. Um, on, uh, excuse me, NFL mock draft database, their mock draft simulator is where I'm going to run this one. It's going to be seven rounds, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and, and we'll get into it here in just a moment. 
first, I'd like to remind you to hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Let me know what you think about some of these uh, Jaguars potential draft options, some of their options in free agency, all that fun stuff. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. You can also hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube if you enjoy the content. Really appreciate y'all's support, Duval. Really could not be doing this without y'all. And for all the all of y'all that uh, that keep up with the content and keep supporting this channel, I just really, really appreciate it. And I'm going to keep doing my best to keep providing quality content and keep improving what I'm doing here. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. We're going to get into the NFL Mock Draft Database's NFL Mock Draft Simulator. All right. We're looking good here. Got our mock draft page up here. Jacksonville Jaguars, seven rounds. We're going to enter the draft room. But to set this one up, before we get it going, I want to I want to set the stage here. And again, I'm not saying this is the definitive way the Jaguars will handle their offseason. I'm not saying it's what I really think they should do. It's just a path forward. That could happen. I think it's reasonable to assume what I'm about to share with you could happen. Moving on from Shaquille Griffin, Roy Robertson, Harris, that clears over $20 million in cap space, gets you back in the green. I think those two moves, while I like both of those guys as men, uh, as teammates, as leaders, uh, and I think they can both provide provide on the f- football field. I think Roy Robertson, Harris had a really strong uh, stretch to end the year. Saving $20 million is saving $20 million. And when you're as far over the cap as the Jaguars currently are, which is about $20 million, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, you're going to need to move on from some 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 contracts that are just untenable. In doing so, I also have the Jaguars restructuring, restructuring a couple of their big deals. And, and doing that, you're able to offer players big signing bonuses, which puts money in their pocket right now. So you're not really asking them to take a pay cut. In fact, you're giving them more money up front um, and you're kicking the can down the road a little bit in terms of the cap hit because that signing bonus can be prorated over the length of the contract. So really in year two and potentially year three of, of some of these restructures, is when you see a lot more of a of a cap hit. So you would want to do that with players that you want to keep around, Christian Kirk, uh, guys like that. So I think in doing so, you're able to clear enough cap space to bring back a Jawan Taylor, bring back an Evan Ingram. So you've got your two big pieces on offense that are that are set to be free agents that you're bringing back, and you're also able to go sign an interior penetrator on the defensive side of the ball, which means you're losing Arden Key and Dewan Smoot, unfortunately. But I think the addition of a more dominant interior penetrator could really help the Jaguars defensive front out, could really help out Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. And again, this isn't the definitive what they should do. This is just a potential option for the Jaguars. And so in that situation, I've got them bringing either Deron Payne, Javon Hargrave, or David Onyemata to come in and be that interior penetrator that's really going to help free up some of your other pass rushers that you've got here. 
So we've lost Marvin Jones in this. He's 33 years old, aging wide receiver. Um, I think you have the potential to upgrade that in the draft. But getting into our needs here after those major moves that we just talked about, nickel slash corner is still a major need. Tight end from a depth and a future standpoint is still a need. Even with Evan Ingram back, Luke Farrell and Evan Ingram are the only tight ends on your roster. Pass rush, I still think, is always a need. Um, offensive line futures is a need, always. And then possession receiver, as I just mentioned, we did not have the cash to bring Marvin Jones back. So without further ado, now that we are seven minutes into this mock draft uh, mock draft show, let's go ahead and actually start the mock draft. So again, the Jaguars, we've got them picking at 24. Dolphins, Dolphins early draft pick is, uh, is forfeited. So Jaguars get to jump up one spot there. Lot of talent on the board still here for the Jaguars. And again, what are our top needs? We're talking about nickel. We're talking about tight end, pass rush, OL, possession receiver. So we got Jordan Addison on the board. Is he a possession receiver? No, but incredible speedster. And quite frankly, I would be surprised if he or Quentin Johnston is available at this point at the wide receiver position. So we're going to go ahead and say he's probably not going to be available. I don't think Trenton Simpson, he might be available at 24, but again, that won't make sense for the Jaguars as he is an off-ball linebacker and the Jaguars are kind of, uh, they kind of got a logjam at off-ball linebacker right now. Devon Witherspoon, he is currently my CB2 behind Christian Gonzalez. I think he has a tremendous skill set for the NFL. There's not anything really to poke at in his game as a weakness, in my opinion. Doesn't have elite size, but he certainly has enough size to get the job done at six foot 190, and he brings pl plenty of physicality to position. I don't think he's going to be available in the 20s. I'll tell you that right now. Thinking he's going to be a higher draft pick than that. But if that was if that's on the board, if that's available to me at 24, hell yeah, I'll run to the board. Sprint, sprint to the podium to put Devon Witherspoon in. Because, yeah, I think you could bring him in. You could have him start out at nickel um, and, and be just fine there and, and feel really good about yourself. I think Osiris Torrance is interesting here when you look at this board. Um, could the Jaguars use reinforcements on their interior? I think you probably have your starters in 2023 and Brandon Sheriff and Ben Barch, but Ben Barch is going to be in the final year of his rookie deal. Tyler Shatley is going to be in the final year of his deal, two-year deal that he signed before 2021. Or excuse me, before he signed before 2022. Um, so yeah, I think guard, interior play certainly could be on the table at some point. Do I think you need to, this group, this team, do I think that adding a guard in the first round is going to dramatically improve their chances to get past the Chiefs in 2023 or any of these other teams? I'm not sure. I'm really not. I, I Could Osiris Torrance come in and be better than Ben Barch in year one? Yeah, I think that, that that's possible, certainly. But, again, how much better is he going to be than Ben Barch in year one? 
Like, I don't think you're just drafting a guard in the first round to say, well, he could be a starter in 2024. I don't think that's the game the Jaguars are playing. I think the Jaguars are going to try to find players early in this draft that are going to come in and, and make an impact for them in 2023 and beyond. But this is a team that needs to level up in 2023 to get past where they got in 2022, which is a divisional round of the playoffs, AFC South champions winning uh, their their first playoff game against the Chargers and then falling in the divisional round. To get past that point, you need to get better. Uh, you need to get tremendously better in certain areas. And I don't think getting that much better at guard is going to dramatically increase the Jaguars' chances to beat the Chiefs. Uh, in the first round or other teams. I love reinforcing your offensive line, but I don't think you do that with a guard at 24 overall when you're a team trying to compete at the highest level and you're a team that has an expensive guard and another pretty good guard in Ben Barch. And make no mistake about it, go back and watch him early in this season he was playing at a very high level, especially in the running game, clearing a lot of space. So, again, I'm not taking Witherspoon or Addison because I don't think they're going to be on the board. I'm not taking Osiris Torrance because as much as I love his game and I do love his game, I just don't think that moves the needle enough for the Jaguars. Antonio Johnson's really interesting. He's listed at safety here, and he certainly has safety size about 6'3", 195, 200 pounds. But he plays a lot of nickel. Uh, He primarily played nickel for Texas A&M Aggies, and he's a tremendous guy in terms of uh, versatility. I think he could cover a lot of tight ends and nickel players, big wide receivers, big slots. He's physical. Uh, He's a very gifted football player. I think that would not be shocking if the Jaguars went in that direction. And for me, again, this is me trying to predict what the Jaguars might do, not what I would do necessarily. Because I'll tell you what, right now, if it was me making this pick, not Trent Baalke, not Doug Peterson, and I'm assuming, again, Devin Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon, and Jordan Addison are not on the board here, I'd have a hard time not taking Anton Harrison or BJ Ojolari personally. I think in the first round, if you can strike on a tackle or an edge, that gives you the highest possible ceiling because those two positions are uh, incredibly valuable in the modern NFL. I think if you could get a guy like either of those guys at 24, it would be tremendous. Uh, But Anton Harrison, when you talk about having – And again, in this scenario, we did re-sign Jawan Taylor. The Jaguars still have Cam Robinson. The Jaguars still have Walker Little. Are you really going to add another tackle to that mix? And make no mistake about it, Anton Harrison, in my opinion, he's going to be best suited to play left tackle in the NFL. So yeah, um, I would be probably taking Anton Harrison just because that that does not necessarily um, have a huge impact on 2023, but I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl-level talent. I I see shades of Trent Williams in his game. I don't think he's as powerful right now, but there's a lot of other things that you, he has going on for him. I love Anton Harrison's uh, his athleticism. His hand usage is tremendous. Uh, he finishes guys a lot. B.J. Ojolari out of LSU, the edge, a guy that has incredible athleticism for the position, 
Um, I think he fits in a three, four outside linebacker role perfectly. And he is an advanced pass rusher in terms of his arsenal of moves and, and counters. So it's not like you're talking about a Caleb on chase on type player in BJ Ojolari. I know people love to helmet scout, but Ojolari, while he has similar size to Caleb on chase on, he is much, much more advanced and a much more fluid overall athlete than Caleb on chase on was coming out of LSU. And I think he would be a really good fit for the Jaguars here because you talk about, um, you talk about affecting the quarterback, you know, affecting Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. BJ Ojolari is going to help you do that. And again, in this scenario, we've brought in a really high quality interior penetrator to pair with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Now you add BJ Ojolari to that mix, who again is advanced with his hand usage and his arsenal of pass rush moves and is an incredible athlete. You bring him in here to be a rotational pass rusher, a pass rush specialist in year one. Whew. I think he could do some real damage in that role for the Jaguars in Mike Caldwell's defense. I think that would be tremendous. But we're going to keep taking a look around here. Got some really interesting tight ends available. I know we brought Evan Ingram back in this situation, but you still need more than two tight ends, and that's what the Jaguars have on the roster with Evan Ingram and Luke Farrell. But goodness, there's some depth in this tight end class. Even a guy like Luke Schoonmaker I'd be happy to bring in later on. Late day two, early day three. But Darnell Washington is incredibly enticing. You talk about a guy that can seal off the edge and just eliminate edge players, eliminate linebackers and defensive backs in the run game. Darnell Washington can do that for you. And then some freak athlete for his size, six, seven, just a massive human being. Uh, Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave are in a similar sort of mold for me. Well, I think Luke Musgrave certainly brings more upside to the position than Dalton Kincaid because he's bigger. He's more athletic. I think he's a, a more talented overall player. He just is coming off an injury where he didn't, he wasn't able to produce much in 2022 because of the injury. Whereas Dalton Kincaid, because of a guy ahead of him on Utah's depth chart, um, a guy, uh, Grant, I'm not sure how to say his last name, Queethy or something like that. Queeth. Um, Dalton Kincaid was able to take on a bigger role. So they kind of just had, based on their situations, Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave, opposite types of final seasons in college. Luke Musgrave dealing with the injury, Kincaid getting more time because of someone's injury in front of him. Um, so I think Luke Musgrave is a more talented overall player. But again, with Evan Ingram in the fold, are you really going to take a tight end in the first round? I don't think so. At cornerback, we talked about Devon Witherspoon. I think Forbes is going to be a really good player as well. I like this cornerback class a lot. Um, DJ Turner, huge fan of his game. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, huge fan of his game. Um, when you're talking about guys that can come in and play nickel for you event, uh, early on, can Forbes do that? I'm not sure. I do like Forbes game a lot, but I'm not sure he's going to come in and play nickel and, and improve that position from day one. He could certainly, but I don't know. 
Uh, if Brian Branch was here, certainly I think you could look at that. I think that would be a perfect option. I think Antonio Johnson's a very good option. Like I said, I think he could come in and become your nickel slash a hybrid player that could play both safety positions. But for me, the more I talk through this with y'all, the more I'm leaning towards edge, the more I'm leaning towards BJ Ojolari. But one thing you do have to realize, this is a deep edge class, a very deep edge class. It's impressive how much depth there is. Um, but yeah, I think Ojolari is a perfect fit for the Jaguars. Perfect um, size and overall athletic profile to play 3-4 outside linebacker in this Jaguars system. He is an advanced pass rusher. Uh, I, I love B.J. Ojolari's game, and I would be happy for the Jaguars to add him here. And I think it makes sense for the Jaguars to add him here. He doesn't necessarily fit that, that Trent bulky mold of just going after the absolute biggest, fastest freak in the world. But at this point in the draft, there's not as many of those guys available, right? I think he is a freak athletically. I think he's a freak in terms of his skill set. I highly encourage y'all to go watch BJ Ojolari. That's going to be the pick here for the Jaguars at 24 overall. 20 minutes into our ver our mock draft, and we finally made our first pick. Gotta love it. Hopefully y'all are enjoying the content. But I'm just trying to offer as much insight into these guys as I possibly can here as we're making these decisions. And we're not worried about mock draft databases grades that they're giving us here. Not worried one bit about those grades. I think the one reason you could say maybe you shouldn't take an edge at 24 is because of the depth of the class. But we're now sitting here at 55 overall. I think it would be a good time to add a possession receiver for Trevor Lawrence, but I doubt the Jaguars are in on that at this point because they've got Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, brought Evan Ingram back. I think they're probably looking to upgrade other areas of the roster at this point. And so our needs are still a nickel cornerback, and I think this might be a, a good situation to go add one. I think DJ Turner could definitely play with his play nickel with his um, mindset and his play demeanor. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, he's a small, small young man, but a really good football player. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Garrett Williams. I'm not sure that he has experience in the nickel. I can pull that up. I'm not sure that he's going to be a perfect fit, and he's also coming off an injury. Uh, that forced him to miss time. So there's there's some factors here at play with Garrett Williams, but he's he's got the 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 hips, the feet, everything you're looking for from an NFL cornerback, in my opinion. Played at a high level at Syracuse for a while. I'm just pulling up to see does he actually have experience playing nickel? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Not a whole lot, right? Pretty much played wide corner exclusively for Syracuse. So I'm not sure that that is going to be the answer. Eli Ricks, I know a lot of people liked him coming out of Georgia. I mean, coming out of LSU, transferring to Alabama. You know, I just don't think he's ready to come in and compete, and I don't really think he's going to be a nickel. I don't think he has the quickness for that. I think he's going to be an outside corner. Jalen Jones, he's a big-bodied guy. Uh, don't think he's really going to be a shutdown nickel. Caillou Blue Kelly, he's up and down. I mean, he's got talent, no doubt about it. A lot of talent in Caillou Blue Kelly, but he's a little inconsistent in his, in his approach, and he can be a little bit feast or famine type of player. Um, I don't think you necessarily want him to be a starter in year one at the next level. Looking at DJ Turner and Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I would feel really good about either of those guys. Oh, goodness. Deontay Banks is all the way down here. That's got to be the pick. I think he can shut down players. Jaguars like to play man-to-man on third down. Deontay Banks, you throw him in there at the nickel and have him just say, cover this guy, I think you're going to be just fine. I think Deontay Banks has a chance to end up being a first-rounder. Mel Kuyper actually mocked the Jaguars taking Deontay Banks in the first round of of his first mock draft here. So uh, don't necessarily think that he'll fall to 56, but he could. This is a deep cornerback class. And so when you talk about some of the guys that might go ahead of him, talk about teams maybe saying, well, there's going to be guys we like later on in this class. I think Deontay Banks might fall to 56, and that's where we're going to go here. Again, this guy out of Maryland, highly recommend y'all checking him out as as mock draft database is absolutely eviscerating me. D plus, but we're not worried about that. So now you've invested in your defense. You've got your nickel, you feel like, and a guy who not only will play nickel for you early on, and he doesn't have a ton of experience playing nickel. Deontay Banks doesn't, but his skill set, his size, his physicality, his quickness, overall athleticism, I think he'd be just fine at nickel for the time being. And then as Darius Williams ages out, uh, he's getting up there in age already as his contract expires down the road. Potentially Deontay Banks can be your starting outside cornerback opposite Tyson Campbell, give you a really solid combination there. Um, sorry, the wife's buzzing in trying to see what's going on. Don't you know it's Duval Daily, darling? <laughs> so we've gotten a really talented edge and a really talented cornerback to come in and fortify this defense with our first two picks, which makes some sense because what we did in free agency, we brought back Jawan Taylor, we brought back Evan Ingram, and we brought in one interior defensive line starter. I think the Jaguars offense, a little bit ahead of their defense overall from a talent perspective, especially now that you factor in Calvin Ridley coming in. Uh, So I think adding these two young pieces to the defense makes a ton of sense for the Jaguars. And I think it's, not just from a from my perspective, but from the Jaguars' perspective, these are two players I could see them really liking uh, for their current scheme. So that we've taken care of nickel, which you're happy about. We've taken care of pass rush, which you're happy about. 
I think now you're looking to add a tight end, a possession receiver, offensive line futures uh, down the road. Uh, in this draft, do you look at maybe bringing in a backup quarterback of the future? Do you look at maybe bringing in a kicker to compete with Riley Patterson? Maybe you bring in another young running back to add to the stable with Travis Etienne. I think there's a lot of different directions you could go. But we're now up at 88 overall, third round, our final pick of day two of the draft. And there's a lot of different directions we can go. We're not going to take a quarterback this early, pretty clearly. Um but I think it's now time to to, to have some fun and, and potentially not worry as much about our needs here and just see what's available to us. And again, I'm not a guy that is only drafting for need. I need need to fit the value of the selection. And with BJ Ojolari at 24 and Deontay Banks at 56, we absolutely did that. I think Sam Laporta is a guy the Jaguars might like. He can kind of be that balanced tight end. I think Luke Schoonmaker, same thing. Cameron Latu, haven't studied him as much, nor Josh Wiley. Um, but I, I I do think that Laporta and Schoonmaker for sure make sense. I've, I've gotten good exposure to both of those guys. But do you need to take Laporta here when you can get Schoonmaker next round? Potentially. I think you hold off a little bit again, because you do have Evan Ingram in the fold. You do have Luke Farrell in the fold here in this scenario. I love what you're looking at at wide receiver, Marvin Mims. He's not a possession receiver, but goodness, uh, a really uh, speedster that can take the top off the defense and, and create separation. He's a lot of fun. I'd have a hard time passing on Xavier Hutchinson at this point. Would the Jaguars take another receiver in the third round? That's a question I've been having to, uh, an inner in, interior inner debate, inner monologue with myself. Um, I don't know if they would take one this early because look, Zay Jones is an eight million dollar receiver. Calvin Ridley is on going to be on the final year of his rookie deal. He's going to need to get paid. You're already paying Christian Kirk. Maybe you do bring in an Xavier Hutchinson to say, well, he can be our fourth receiver in 2023. And if we need to move on from Zay Jones for cap reasons, following the 2023 season, Xavier Hutchinson can step right in. And I love Xavier Hutchinson. I've got a second round grade on him. Uh, fantastic hands he brings to the table. And he's a local kid. Went to Bartram Trail, I believe. So that's fun as well. But he's 6'3", 200 plus, plays with physicality, an excellent route runner at his size. Um, great, great ball skills, catches everything thrown his way, can make some spectacular catches. I think he would be a tremendous fit here for the Jaguars. And uh, uh, I think he would absolutely raise the floor and the ceiling of the offense. And he's a guy that'll get out there and block for you too. Type of wide receiver you want on your football team, bottom line. Bergeron's interesting out of out of Syracuse, certainly. But again, are we going back to the well at tackle with all that we've done at tackle so far over the last couple of years? Signing Cam Robinson to an extension. And this scenario, also signing Jawan Taylor. And you've got um, Walker Little as well. Not going to go linebacker. Got a log jam there. We know that. 
Could you go back to the well at cornerback and try to really just um, turn that group, which you love Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams, but after that on the roster, it's a little bit of a mess. Trey Herndon was on a one-year deal. You don't know if you're bringing him back in this situation. We now have Deontay Banks, uh, but after that, you got Buster Brown, Gregory Jr. Do you feel great about those guys? I'm not sure. So I do think you could bring in another cornerback here, and there's plenty of talent on the board to do so. Uh, if you wanted to take a risk on Eli Ricks, I could understand that because he does have tremendous upside. Um, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, this is a guy that was, I think he's made to be a nickel at the next level, can do that at a high level. I think they could certainly consider doing that, but are you going to go corner back to back? Probably not. I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and take Sam Laporta. Because I think the Jaguars will want tight end reinforcements. They'll want another guy beyond Evan Ingram that they feel good about throwing the football to at the position. Because Luke Farrell is more in the Chris Manhurts role than the receiving role. Put Sam Laporta on the board for the Jags at 88 overall. 88, I think if they went edge and cornerback in the first two rounds, I think at, at 88, they could do a lot of different things. Xavier, Hutchin made, Xavier Hutchinson made it all the way to 119 here. And even if it's not Xavier Hutchinson in the real draft, I do think this is a, a spot where the Jaguars could look to add that possession receiver. I just can't pass on Xavier Hutchinson at this point, and I don't think the Jaguars would either, quite frankly. You talk about some of those 50-50 balls that you'd like a guy to come down with, I think Xavier Hutchinson can do that for you. And now you have just a stacked wide receiver room. So we've eliminated needs at tight end, possession receiver, Cornerback, edge. Where do we go from here? We can do a lot of different things, a lot of fun different things. Um, you could add a running back to the mix, which I don't know if you're going to do that this early. Although, looking at Sean Tucker, I think he'd be a value here. I think Eric Gray would be a value here. I think Deuce Vaughn would be a value here. Although with Deuce Vaughn, you have to know that you're not getting an every down back. You're getting more of a gadget player. Uh, Kendra Miller, I think, could turn into an every down back. I have him as a day two pick. Like a lot of what's going on there. Let's check out what we've got going on the IOL. Steve Avila, I do not think he should be available at this point. He's a big six foot five, 330 pound guard. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Jaguars in this situation. No reason for him to be available, in my opinion, in the fourth round. I think he's clearly a day two player. Put him on the board. Love it. And now when we're getting into that fifth, sixth round area, I think this is the time where you start thinking about maybe a kicker, maybe a backup quarterback, a running back to to add to the mix. Yeah, and I think Kendra Miller is a home run in the fifth round. Love that. And he's a guy, six foot, 220. I think he could come in and be a, a legitimate 
um, a legitimate one B to Travis Etienne and a guy that brings a little bit of a different skill set. He has a little bit more uh, power to his game, a little bit more size to his game, but he's still got plenty of quickness and speed, uh, contact balance, vision. The one thing I like, I think that he could come in and be an improvement in your pass pro, and he's got hands out of the backfield as well. So big fan of Kendra Miller. Two TCU players in a row. Two guys out of the state of Iowa before that. Some interesting trends there. Three draft picks left for the Jaguars here. Again, I've mentioned potentially getting a kicker, potentially getting... Of course, you see Jake Moody still on the board. I think that would be a home run. I don't think he'll be on the board at 201. But is there a kicker there that you like that you think has a bigger leg that maybe could push Riley Patterson because as much as you like what Riley Patterson did this year for you, he doesn't really have that leg to con- to consistently get it uh, out of the back of the end zone. You're not really going to be trying like a bunch of 60 plus yarders or anything like that with Riley Patterson consistently. He just doesn't have a huge leg while he is incredibly accurate. Not a huge leg. I think Jake Hayner would make a ton of sense here too out of Fresno State, um, a guy that I think could be a long-time NFL backup. And again, looking at these two last picks, kicker and quarterback Jake Moody and Jake Hayner, it's not necessarily those players here. It's the idea of adding uh, a kicker to bring in competition, the idea of adding a quarterback to potentially develop into your long-term backup behind Trevor Lawrence. Just going to look around and see who's going to be the Jaguars version of Mr. Irrelevant here in this seven-round mock draft 1.0. Who do we got on the board? Jaden Reed, he'd be interesting. Certainly brings some speed to the wide receiver position. I think that the Jaguars might be interested in him. Max Melton, he's a guy I see going a lot earlier than this point in the draft often. Where do you feel like you can gain the most by taking a flyer on a guy who might have some talent but also have some questions? Is Noah Daniels still on the board? Nope. Yeah, I think if you look at it, it's just about finding somebody who you think can provide value here. Uh, Probably somebody who can contribute on special teams um, and just really try to compete for the roster. The Jaguars, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine draft picks. I'm not sure that all of those draft picks are going to make the active roster. I think there's a strong chance that in fact a couple two three four won't be on the active roster and uh, we'll go with max melton out of out of uh, rutgers there i think he's a guy that makes a lot of sense to take a flyer on late cornerback is a position you could still like to improve your depth so um, big fan of that now that we've been doing this for 37 minutes We have finally completed our seven-round mock draft for 2023, our 1.0 version of this. We're going to do a bunch as we move closer and closer towards the draft. Right now, it's January 25th. You'll have free agency prior to the draft, so 
uh, as we work through that, we'll get more information. We'll know more about the Jaguars' actual needs, what direction this team decides to head in with some of their in-house free agents, some unrestricted free agents. But this is it. This is our initial seven-round mock draft. It's meant to kind of serve as uh, a a guide, a, a example of what the Jaguars could do. It's not supposed to be definitive. I don't want anybody in the comments being like, this is absolutely stupid. Why would the Jaguars do this? I think I've pretty clearly explained why I think the Jaguars could make make each of these picks, why I think the Jaguars would do what I have them doing in uh, free agency prior to the draft here in this situation. So I'm really curious to see what y'all think um, with BJ Ojolari coming in, being a pass rush specialist early on for the Jaguars, advanced hand, hand usage, advanced arsenal of pass rush moves, a guy that makes sense for a 3-4 outside linebacker from a size and athletic profile. Deontay Banks comes in. He played outside at Maryland. You're going to have him transition inside here. The reason I think you can do this is because he has tremendous feet, physicality, uh, hips. I think he'll be able to lock players down for you in that nickel role. Sam Laporta comes in. You brought Evan Ingram back, right? But Luke Farrell's the only other tight end on the roster. So you bring in Laporta, who I think can line up in line, can also line up in the slot, be a reasonably effective blocker, but really a, a solid quality asset in the passing game as well. Xavier Hutchinson, I have a second round grade on this kid out of Jacksonville, uh, He's a special young player. I don't think there's any reason he should be available in the fourth round. But you see every year wide receivers fall because there's so much depth at the position. And so if he doesn't blow people away with his testing, which I'm not expecting him to, I'm expecting him to be more of a 4-5 type of guy. But again, a possession receiver that can do a lot of the things Marvin Jones did for you and potentially become your third target at the position down the road when you have to start clearing some cap space at the position. Steve Avila, another guy I think is an incredible value. The Jaguars, they like to fortify their interior more long-term. You've got Ben Barch and Tyler Shatley on expiring contracts. Brandon Sheriff's uh, getting a little bit up there in age and he's an expensive player. You bring him in. He's a big uh, mauling, mauling guard, but has, you know, pretty good overall movement skills for a 330 pounder. I think you bring him in as a depth player early on. Maybe he competes with Ben Barch in year one. You see how that works out. Kendra Miller, another player that I just think adds something to your running back room. What does he add? I think a balanced back, but a back that can catch the ball out of the backfield and is good in pass protection and has that physicality at 220 pounds that you're kind of looking for here. And then these final three picks here. Uh, we went with a kicker, a quarterback, and a corner. I love Moody and Hayner here. I don't know if they'll be available here for the Jaguars, but the idea is bring in a kicker who might be able to push Riley Patterson, someone who you might like their leg power a little bit more than Riley Patterson. And if Riley Patterson holds them off, then good for him. Jake Hayner, I think you're talking about a long-term developmental backup here that could stick around for a long time. Think of like a Chase Daniel type player. Um, in terms of staying power in the league. And then Max Melton, I think that uh, the Jaguars could go a lot of di different directions towards the end of the draft here. Uh, but bringing in another corner to kind of push push Buster Brown, push Gregory Jr., and see if you can get an even better group of uh, of corners in 2022. 
three than you had in 2022. That would be the goal, certainly. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I certainly did. Love going through mock drafts. Try to provide as much insight and analysis on all this stuff as I possibly can. Um, and uh, and we're going to keep doing this all off season. Let me know what you think in the comments below. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube and also uh, hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show. Thank you so much for your support, Duval. And we will be back tomorrow uh, talking more offseason for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can't wait for it. Thanks, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.